Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and this is episode number 28 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be kicking things back up to the thrill level and talking about one of the most thrilling experiences at Walt Disney World and probably the most intense. And if you know intense thrill rides at Walt Disney World, you probably know what attraction we're going to be talking about today. It is none other than Mission Space, located over at Epcot at Walt Disney World. Now, in its current version, there are two different experiences that you can have when riding Mission Space. You can either choose to go with the orange team, which is similar to the original version of this attraction, or you can experience the green team, which is a less intense version of Mission Space that in the last year since 2017 is a completely different experience. And I know that a lot of you out there probably know the Mission to Mars part of this ride very well. So we're going to be really talking about the green team in today's episode. And perhaps we'll talk about the orange mission and the original version of the attraction in a future episode. Of course, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history of this attraction and give you some fun facts and information you might not have known about this classic attraction over at Epcot. I'll then come back at the end of the show tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast and help to inspire and create the future of this show. should also mention that in today's episode, we are going to go through this ride together thanks to some binaural audio that I had the chance to record on a recent trip to Walt Disney World. So no matter where you are, grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer podcast. Mission Space opened its doors to the public on August 15, 2003. Now, at the beginning of this episode, I did call Mission Space a classic attraction, and because it's been around for now over 15 years, and so many fans around the world have come to know and love this attraction, it is deserving of a classic title, but is not an original attraction at Epcot, of course. Epcot opened in 1982, and one of the original attractions in this footprint in Future World was, if you've listened to previous episodes of the show, you'll know, Horizons, and that's an attraction we talked about in episode 23. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I really would encourage you to do so because it provides a lot of history and great information about why so many fans have come to love Horizons and really do miss this attraction. Horizons did close in 1999 and construction of Mission Space began not too much longer after that in about the same year and it took about four years to build. And not only did it take about four years, but it cost around $100 million to design and to build. Now, the concept for this attraction was to create an experience that would simulate what it might be like to board a rocket and take a trip from the Earth to Mars, simulating everything from the launch, 
to what it feels like to be in zero gravity to landing on the red planet itself. On opening day in 2003, NASA astronauts from the Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, Space Shuttle program, and even the International Space Station were in attendance and, from what I've heard, attested to the attraction's realism. The attraction itself is actually a centrifugal motion simulator. What that means, if you probably think of motion simulators, is you might think about attractions like Star Tours or Body Wars or even the Iron Man experience over at Hong Kong Disneyland. And for the most part, that is very close to what Mission Space is like. It is a motion simulator on what is probably a much smaller scale. The difference in calling it a centrifugal motion simulator is imagine taking that motion simulator vehicle, shrinking it down in size, and then putting it on these arms in a centrifugal attraction. If you think about carnival attractions like the Gravitron or the Roundup that you might see that you see guests being pushed up against the wall, imagine a simulator being the wall itself and then spinning. And that really is what mission, uh, what mission space is. Almost got caught up in my words there. So mission space does combine a motion simulator with a centrifugal attraction, and that creates G-force and a simulation that really does give you the experience of what it is like to travel to space. And on the attraction itself, guests experience up to two and a half Gs, and the ride has a total ride time of almost five minutes. Now, the other thing that makes this attraction rather interesting is the story. And what I find really interesting about the story is how the Imagineers decided to be a little more literal. Now, rather than create a story around actually going to Mars, the Imagineers decided that the story would really just focus on boarding a simulator that would help you, perhaps as a future astronaut, train for going to Mars. So again, rather than create a story that is having you really go to Mars, the story focuses on boarding a simulator, which is what the attraction really is. It makes sense though, because since the ride is placed in Future World, that really does translate well to the overall Future World theme and story. If it were in Tomorrowland, I really do believe that the story would focus on actually going to Mars. Because it is in Future World, a place that's focused on the technology of today and the technology of the near future, it does make sense to focus on the technology rather than the real trip. Although, of course, the technology does translate to its implications of really going to Mars. And this focus on the technology really is similar to other attractions like Test Track, which focuses on designing and testing cars with technology rather than focusing on what it's like to actually drive a car. Now, despite the technicalities of the overall story, what Mission Space does is, in terms of its story, is of course have guests board an X-2 Deep Space Shuttle in what is supposed to be the year 2036. Eventually, at some point, we'll see if that does translate to what the future is really like, or if the Imagineers decide to create a newer version of this experience. Per the pre-show, the X-2 can accelerate from 0 to 6,000 in 60 seconds. I've done the math on this, and that is nearly five times the force of Rock and Roller Coaster's launch in real life. So you can imagine what it would really be like to board an X-2 Deep Space Shuttle. Think about that launch sequence on Rock and Roller Coaster, make it five times more forceful, and that's what you get with an X-2 Deep Space Shuttle for a sustained launch sequence. Now in the first pre-show, guests board one of four briefing rooms to learn a little bit more 
about the ISTC, which stands for the International Space Training Center, and about the X-2 Deep Space Shuttle, as well as, of course, some of the safety warnings of the simulator. Guests are also given assignments for the mission. You're either a navigator, pilot, commander, or an engineer. From, get, from there, guests then move into what is a donut-shaped hallway and watch the final briefing, which includes some more specific, so, sorry, some more specifics about each team member's role during the flight and a final safety warning. Now, once it's go time, doors open into the circular simulator room and each team boards their X2 simulator, which is a capsule of four guests. After pulling down your safety shoulder restraint and conducting some final safety checks from a cast member, the simulator door is shut and the screens in front of you are brought what is rather close to your face, which is why many guests who might be afraid of enclosed spaces, and even those who aren't, can sometimes feel a bit claustrophobic on this attraction. After some final Capcom checks that you hear when you're in the shuttle before the ride actually starts, the launch sequence begins and the simulator starts to rumble, and then the centrifuge begins to spin. And much like, as I said earlier, a Gravitron or Roundup Carnival attraction, the force you feel is due to the simulator spinning at a speed fast enough to push your body against the back of the seat. And you can even feel it in your face as you're being pushed back into your seat behind you. Now, per the warnings, you really should keep your face forward at all times and avoid closing your eyes. And I say this because turning your head or shutting your eyes, much like they warn you in the pre-show, really can disorient you much worse than focusing on the screen in front of you. So if you're someone like me, who's prone to motion sickness and you decide to ride it, on other attractions, you might be able to close your eyes and feel better. This one, it really does make it worse. So no matter how you're feeling, if you start feeling motion sick, you really should focus on the screen in front of you. The Imagineers did include some fans in the simulator to help to reduce motion sickness. And as you probably heard in a previous episode where we talked about the best ways to stay cool at Walt Disney World when we talked about Mission Space, the ride also includes a peppermint smell, which is very specific because peppermint is one scent and flavor that can help to reduce nausea. So small small sidetrack there, but if you do start feeling motion sick on this attraction, you really should face forward and don't close your eyes. It's going to make it worse. Now, after that launch sequence, which lasts uh, about 30 seconds or so, guests experience zero gravity, and then you're boosted toward the moon for a lunar orbit catapult, what feels like another launch sequence. From there, guests enter a three-month hypersleep, but don't, but don't worry, that really just lasts around 10 seconds, and then are brought out of hypersleep early due to a meteor storm over your Mars landing site. In an attempt to land safely, manual controls override autopilot, which gives everyone on the team the chance to use the control sticks to fly the shuttle to a safe landing. So if you've ever wanted to be an astronaut and really fly a space shuttle, this is your moment. It's a really cool part of the attraction. And of course, in standard thrill ride fashion, you overshoot the runway and end up on a cliff, just barely keeping you from falling over the edge. But despite some of those hiccups, you do land safely. Your mission is considered a success, at which point you disembark from the simulator and head down a hallway into the advanced training lab, which is a kid's play area with games and slides for those who don't meet the 44-inch height requirement or, for those like me, who simply cannot handle the intensity and the motion of this experience. Now, speaking of the intensity, 
the original version really was quite intense. In fact, there were a few illnesses and medical emergencies for some guests who had pre-existing health conditions, and this was before 2006. So, because of those issues and what had happened, the simulators were tamed down a bit, making them slightly less realistic, but still just as thrilling and maybe not quite as intense, but still making it an intense experience. And since that time, fortunately, no major medical emergencies have occurred. And then, in 2006, Disney did something quite different. They unveiled a new version of the attraction, the Green Mission. So instead of having four orange missions, they decided to create two green missions and two orange missions. Now, unlike its orange counterpart, the Green Mission also simulated the trip to Mars, but completely removed the centrifugal motion, making the experience a little more like Star Tours and turning it from a centrifugal motion simulator to a more traditional motion simulator, which more guests can enjoy and experience without any issues. The vehicle would still sway and rotate, but it would no longer spin, which again made the attraction more accessible to those with pre-existing conditions. Now, unfortunately, the attraction always did just feel like a watered-down version of the Orange Mission. And so, in 2017, which took about 10 years to decide to do this, Disney redesigned the Green Team to focus on a completely different mission altogether. A journey, rather than going to Mars, simply into orbit and around the Earth and then landing back at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Now, for me, as someone who is easily prone to motion sickness, I really do admire that the Imagineers redesigned the green team. It made the attraction more accessible to those who are prone to motion sickness, although unfortunately it still does get to me, uh, and created an entry-level experience for kids who are tall enough to ride, but not quite ready for the intensity of the orange mission. And one of the things I love about Disney in general is how the Imagineers do cater to all kinds of guests and provide fun experiences for the whole family. The new green mission, in my opinion, really serves this philosophy well by turning Mission Space from a solely thrill-seekers attraction into a family-friendly attraction where families can decide they're all going to ride the green mission together. Some will ride green and some will ride orange. Or perhaps, if they're all at the right height requirements and all can handle the intensity, that they're all still going to ride the orange mission together. Now, overall, Mission Space includes four centrifuges, each holding 10 capsules that can accommodate four riders each, which means the attraction can actually hold 160 guests at a time, not including the pre-shows. I do believe there's this often feeling that Mission Space is small because you are boarding one small pre-show room and one small capsule that only seats four guests, but think about Soren. This attraction actually comes pretty close, holding 160 guests at a time in the simulator rooms, which is really great. So hopefully you'll learn something really interesting or a couple of fun facts you might not have known before about Mission Space. But one of the things I love to do with these episodes where we feature an attraction is to really take you along with me for a ride on that attraction. So in today's episode, we are going to take a ride on Mission Space Green Team. Now, as you heard earlier, I can't handle either mission. <laughs> So I'm really lucky and fortunate to have an amazing wife who was kind enough to record the attraction for me. So, and uh, the other lucky thing is that I did meet up with my friend uh, Brittany while we were down there. She decided that she would ride Mission Space Green with my wife as well. So the two of them, thanks to both uh, Joanna and Brittany, I know you're probably listening out there. Thanks to both of you 
Um, and really do thank them for those of you who are listening because you now get the chance to ride the Mission Space Green Team. And if you're someone like me who is not prone to motion sick, uh, sorry, who is prone to motion sickness, I really did appreciate having the chance to listen back to this audio. It's amazing. It made me feel like I was there. You'll hear all the sounds that you hear in the queue and the pre-show and on the ride vehicle itself. And then we'll go through the exit. Of course, at the end of the show, I'm going to come back and talk to you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast. I'll ask you some questions about mission space that you might want to uh, contribute to and uh, talk about after this episode is over. Now, because this experience is binaural audio, I know I say this in every episode of the show, the best way to experience this is by wearing over-the-ear headphones or in-ear earbuds. That's going to give you a 360-degree experience. But if you're driving in your car, as I say, you're still going to get a great audio experience by listening to this attraction. So grab those headphones and enjoy a thrilling journey over the earth in the Mission Space Green Team. Okay. I think. I don't really know. <laughs> For some reason, like, caffeine and tea does not 
watch it before I go to bed, and I'm totally fine. Yeah, usually that's me too. Yeah. But maybe if maybe it's more like a placebo thing where okay, I had it, and it's like oh, there's caffeine. Oh, now I feel better. <laughs> it could be. It could be. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> My dad is working um, in the school. He's like a teacher's aide, so it needs a nursery, not a nursery school, it's like an elementary school. Okay. How many here? Two. 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 Can you one, please? Thank you. How many here? Welcome to the International Space Training Center. You're here today to train for the greatest adventure in the history of mankind, space travel. I know you're probably feeling a little nervous right now, but don't worry. Every astronaut has felt that way at one time or another, even the heroes who went to the moon. But there is one thing they had that you don't have yet, training. experience that any astronaut candidate will ever have. Before you decide if it's right for you, let me introduce you to your spacecraft. The X-2 Space Shuttle. It's powered by solid hydrogen and can accelerate from zero to 6,000 in 60 seconds. So when you hear the words go for launch, you'll definitely want to hang on. <laughs> now you've already been organized into teams and soon each of you will be assigned a position. Navigator, pilot, commander, or engineer. The success of your mission will depend on all of you working together as a team. I'll be your Capcom, and in a few minutes, I'll give you your specific assignments. But first, our flight director has some safety instructions for you. Lieutenant? Remember the team number you're standing on. When the doors in front of you open, you will be directed to a flight station with that number on it. When you get there, please stand on the circles. Team less intense training mission, you will be enclosed inside X2 flight simulators that produce sensations of acceleration. Those who are made uncomfortable by enclosed dark spaces or simulators should bypass this experience. As you can see, astronaut flight training isn't like anything you've ever experienced before. If you would like to opt out, just ask any member of the ISTC crew for directions. As for the rest of you, report rugby and so he really gets hurt um, at least once a season but I think this time he got more severely hurt um, something happened with his knee earlier this year and then like in February and then I, I'm not sure what happened this time around Proceed to flight stations. 
came. After you get settled, check out your buttons. Navigator, welcome aboard. During the mission, you will be adjusting the pitch of the X-2 if necessary and firing thrusters for your descent. Pilot, the X-2 is an excellent ship. Your job will be to trigger first stage separation and trigger the landing sequence. Surgeon, how are we doing? Your assignments are to activate flight sequence and for landing, activate manual control. Loading flight plan. Engineer, just a reminder, you will activate the flight cameras when we reach altitude. You will also extend the wings for landing. Control wish you a safe journey around the planet. Just 
will need all of you working together. Pilot, initiate landing sequence. Now. Computer override. Initiated. Navigator, initiate descent. Now. Computer override. Rockets fire. Engineer, extend wings for gliding. Now. Computer override. close out episode 28 of the Imagineer podcast. Thanks again to Joanna and Brittany for recording this attraction for me since I am prone to motion sickness. None of you would want to hear that. So this gave you a much cleaner audio experience and it really was an amazing way to get to enjoy the Mission Space green team. 
But I wanna know from you, are you someone who prefers the orange mission or the green mission? Or are you like me and you really can't handle either one and you'd rather spend the time in the advanced training lab playing those awesome games um, and just enjoying some of the ambiance of mission space. You can send me your feedback and your answers in several ways. You can either send me an email at imagineerpodcast at gmail.com. I do read each and every email. Or you can send me a direct message on our social media channels or even a public message. You can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Imagineer Podcast. We're on Twitter at Imagineer Audio. And I would also love to have you join our Facebook group, which is a closed community that you are certainly welcome to join. If you go to Facebook, type facebook.com slash Imagineer Podcast and click on the community tab. That will open up the group, which is the Imagineer Podcast Disney fan community. You can also find it by just going to your Facebook browser search bar typing in imagine your podcast disney fan community have some great conversations i usually post some fun videos that i don't post to our other social media channels and just give chance a uh, chance to all of you to connect with other disney friends uh, to ask questions about walt disney world or disneyland or just share your love and your passion for all things disney so again follow us on facebook and instagram and twitter be sure to follow our group which is the imagine your podcast disney fan community and just remember to also subscribe to our podcast. If you love the show, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button, subscribe button whether, whether you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or Stitcher or Google, no matter where you're listening to this podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And the best thing you can do for this show, besides uh, leaving us a rating and a review, which I'll talk about in a minute, is to please go ahead and share out the podcast, whether you shared your favorite episode or share the podcast overall, whether you're sharing it in a Facebook group, a Disney fan community that you're a part of, sharing it with your friends directly, posting it to your own Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, every share makes a huge difference in helping us to grow awareness of the Imagineer podcast and to continue to grow our community of Disney friends and family. So that makes a tremendous difference. Uh, and the other thing you can do to make a difference for this show is to leave us a rating and a review in the iTunes store. I know I talk about this a lot, but it does make a huge difference if you love the show uh, to leave us a rating and take just 30 seconds, 60 seconds to leave us a, a comment, a review in the iTunes store. I'll be sure to read that in a future episode of this show. It does a huge difference in helping us to grow our podcast and to let iTunes know that we are a reputable Disney fan podcast. Uh, and I thank those of you who have already left a rating and a review. And of course, if there's anything that I can do to make this show and this community better for you, I would love to hear your thoughts. Those of you who have connected with me through direct message know I'm very quick at replying and I love chatting with new Disney friends. So be sure to reach out to me. You can reach out to me directly, as I said, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Get notifications directly on my phone when people reach out. And again, unless I'm like asleep or in the middle of a meeting or driving in my car or something, I do respond uh, usually instantaneously. So look forward to connecting with all of you, hearing your thoughts about Mission Space, about all things Disney as well. And last thing I'd like to remind you, as always, is it really is never too late to make your dreams come true. And I really do believe that if you work hard, if you hustle, if you believe in yourself and what you're looking to accomplish, you truly can make your dreams come true. So if you're not happy with what you're doing out there, please do anything you can to do something that you're passionate about, that you love. All it takes is a simple step to start doing it, to think about the thing that you love to do and just do it. Don't think about the money. Don't think about 
anything that comes with it. Just share your passion, share what you love, whether it's Disney related or anything else. Um, and you really will create a happier and much better life for yourself. So go after your dreams, do everything you can. Remember as always that Horizons quote, if you can dream it, you can do it. And I look forward to seeing you again in a future episode of this show. positions in the cockpit and stow all personal items in the compartment in front of you. Then reach up and pull down your restraint. Now listen carefully. Leaning forward, closing your eyes, or looking left or right during your flight could disorient you. So keep your head back against the headrest, keep your eyes open at all times, and focus straight ahead, even if you start to feel disoriented. They're all yours, Capcom. Well, I guess that's everything. Good luck, Mars team. You are on the clock.